This week, a phone that will charge in 90 seconds. Oh, sorry, uh, 80 seconds. Hi, I'm Artemis. I am a computer-generated AI voice, and you're listening to Tech Radio. Every week online and on air with RTE Radio, we bring you the latest in tech. You're very welcome to episode 959. A little later on the show, we're going to be chatting with Mary Rose Lyons from Brightspark about how pesky marketers are putting chat GPT to some very, very clever use so you don't even realise you're being sold. Uh, we're also looking at this week's Mobile World Conference in Barcelona, new updates coming to your Windows computer in the coming weeks, and turn up the radio for DJ... AI. This is Tech Radio with Dusty Rhodes and Niall Kitson. I'm Dusty. Niall Kitson, our editor-in-chief, is in the studio with us. Uh, will we start with Barcelona or Windows 11? Yeah, you are full DJ today, I, I have to say. <laughs> this new competition, you see. <laughs> this new artificial competition. I've got to up my game. I've got somebody there who'll work for 24 hours for free. For free. So we, we, we've, we've got to double time it. Um, okay, let, let's talk about Mobile World Congress because we, we don't have that much to say on it. In, no, in, and I think that kind of almost in itself is because it, it, was, it was there on my feed during the week, but mm. not as big as it usually is. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of seems to be like, you know, have we invented everything that could be invented in the world of mobile phones? Well, Perhaps. I mean, you you remember years ago, this used to be 3GSM and they were talking about 4G all the time. It was all about networks. Mm. And I just got the feeling this year that we were going back to networks again. We were talking about 5G, we we're talking about 6G. Mm. And the handsets that are there are kind of from brands that have either either lapsed or and are being, you know, brought back like Nokia, uh, which, of course, is being produced under license mm -hmm. um, or the likes of Xiaomi and Oppo that are really looking to gain a foothold in the European market, uh, which also means that they need a differentiator because they can't just be traditional Android handsets because we, we know what those are. So and you have a differentiator. Oh, my God, do I have a differentiator. Uh, Oppo. Um, who have another brand uh, related. It's called the Realme 3. Super speed charge of your phone. It's unbelievable. Now, I know I said at the top of the show that it will charge 20% uh, of your phone in 80 seconds. Mm. And you kind of go, ah, that's a gimmick. You know, put it down 90 seconds, 80 seconds or whatever. You got 20% charge. That's great in an emergency, right? Mm -hmm. Full charge mm -hmm. in under 10 minutes. Okay. Now that's something. That's full. Something. Now, the way that they're doing it is they've got a massive 240 watt charger, which is the equivalent, I think, of essentially taking a nuclear power station <laughs> and just powering your apartment. It's like. <laughs> well, yeah, here's here's what I just sort of thought. OK, um, you've got a regular battery pack. I've got a regular battery pack in my bag mm. for just such instances. Does that mean that it will just suck our battery pack dry in zero time flat. No, it, it's not about it's not about the sucking Nile. It's all about the blowing. So it's the 240 watts that's going into that's that's where you're getting your speed. Right. OK, 
Because I was wondering that because like we've all been stuck without uh, charge on a phone and you know, sometimes you're just, you're waiting and waiting mm. and waiting for your battery to actually kick in. Um, so th- this could be a matter of getting the information, getting the power out of your power brick as mm. quickly as possible. And uh, that's it. And that made me think about not phones, but cars. Because right. this is the problem with uh, cars and electric charging. How long does it take you to charge up your car? Mm. You know, it certainly takes an awful lot longer than it takes to fill up a car with petrol. Mm. And this is something that we're going to have to get to at some stage where you're going to be able to charge your car in less than nine and a half minutes or preferably in 80 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, agree. So, That's why people are kind of afraid of mm. electric vehicles because the infrastructure yeah, but I'm, I'm not so worried about that because that could have been said 100 years ago when petrol cars were coming in first and they're kind of going, I'm not, I'm not going to drive to Kerry. There's yeah. only like two stations. What if I run out of like this petrol stuff? Yeah, uh, a horse. <laughs> I know exactly what its range is. I know exactly what yeah. it can do. So I think there'll be no problem with charging places. The problem with the electric cars, I think, is the time that it takes to charge. And if you're at home, it's fine and you're able to plug it in overnight and that works fine. Or if you're at work or whatever it happens to be or in a car park or if that works, that's fine. But uh, there's no real system at the moment where you can just rock up to some kind of mm-hmm. an electric filling in station and uh, and do your, your business in, in, in three or four minutes. Yeah. Like, so know? one last thing on this. Mm. Are these USB-C connectors that just happen to be stuck to a really good charger? Oh, do you know what? I don't know. Uh, mm. But I would hope that they are USB-C connectors because that is the de facto standard. Yeah. That everybody uh, should be at. However, uh, now that I've revealed this about Oppo and the the real Me Three phone, I shouldn't really mm-hmm. use the two different separate brands by the same manufacturer. Mm-hmm. But however, uh, Xiaomi have come out mm-hmm. and yep. they went, "Oh, that's very interesting. Uh, we, we've we've got a demo here of our phone, and it'll charge in five minutes." Five minutes. <laughs> this is the standard. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, also at Mobile World Conference to uh, wind it up for now, uh, you mentioned Nokia. Yeah. So, yes, they're back. And Nokia are doing something brilliant. Okay. We're talking about batteries. All right. Yeah. Does anybody, can anybody access the battery in their phone anymore? Of course mm. not, because it's like soldered in or welded in or glued yeah. in or whatever the heck. Like, you know, it's impossible to fix those phones if anything goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, you've got to either bring it to an expert or chuck it. Mm. Nokia had a brilliant new phone, which they exhibited at Mobile World Conference. And it's a, uh, you're able to fix this phone yourself phone. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> yes, you can open it up and replace the battery or any of the various components and stuff like that. Now, That's the way that... And it's only 160 quid or something. Oh, for God's sake. Do you remember Google had this uh, project a couple of years ago and it was basically build your own phone. It was like there was a chassis. Was that Google, was it? I yeah, think yeah, that yeah. was Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like Lego, wasn't it? And, it was, and yeah. each Lego brick would do a different thing. So mm. one would be Wi-Fi and one would be power. And yeah. the other would be- and, and, you know, pick pick the camera you want and the battery you want and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Gosh, I'd love to see that project, actually. <laughs> you know, in reality. Because, like, we all know things that we don't want to spend that much money on in our phones. Yeah. If you'd be like, I would rather spend more on my battery than my camera. 
or more on my battery than my display. Mm. That, you know, that flexibility, there's an awful lot to be said for it, especially if you're given the option. Maybe there is, maybe there is. I wouldn't uh, subscribe to that now. But uh, I do like the fact that you're able to to fix stuff to make it. It's not necessarily, because for me, I like getting a new phone every year, every second year, or whatever it happens to be, which is more regular than most people. But I do like to take the phone that I have and then pass it on down the line. Yeah. So there's always a clatter of nephews and nieces mm. or mothers or fathers or whatever. They're all looking for something, you know, give it a good clean up and or maybe yeah. upgrade some of I've done that with computers mm. uh, and it's great. And you just, you love a whole load more RAM and you mm. can upgrade to an SSD. And like, the thing is like a new new machine, like, mm. you know, so that it's still, I sa- I sound like I'm, I'm trying to do a bit for the environment. Uh, and I'm not really, to be honest. I just hate chucking stuff out when it still just works. Just hate waste. I hate waste. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, you know, so bravo to uh, Nokia on the, uh, on the fixed phone. For, for embracing the right to repair that we're meant to have already. Let's move on with other news this week. Uh, Windows 11, we've got updates, updates, updates. Some of them actually quite interesting and good. I know, yeah. I was I was sitting there the other day and I got the, you know, felt like traditional, your computer needs updates mm. kind of a thing. And it just kept going. So I was like, right, I'm leaving you alone. Just do your, you do you. I'll be back. Uh, And there's actually some pretty useful updates on there uh, for the world that we live in. Uh, I will give props um, to tabs on the text. uh, On Notepad. On Notepad, Yeah. yeah. Tabs on Notepad because I would have a habit of dealing with multiple documents at the same time that do not need formatting. Mm. Uh, I just need plain text that I can copy into the CMS that we run the website on. Yeah, uh, and the last thing that you need is formatting. Exactly. Yeah. The last thing you need is formatting. So I would work with multiple text documents uh, at a time. So to have a tabbed version of Notepad instead of having to close and open individual mm. documents, that's a that's a space saver for me. It's a time saver. I'm a f- I'm in favour of it. Um, now, the, uh, another update that had been threatened for a while, and I'm sure some people will find use for it. I can't, is what they're doing with the snipping tool. You don't like this. I don't like it. So you you share with the you share with the class what what they're doing with you it. Can, you can record your screen with the snippet tool instead yeah. of just taking a screenshot. What's just, wrong with that? I I just it's not a feature I feel missing in my life. Like I just I literally just need to take screenshots. I don't need to take moving images. It's, it's something like Loom, and it's something you can literally jump on. And you go look. You go to this website. You click this, this. Go in mm. there. Blah blah blah. You do this, this, and that, and then file, save, send, done. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. If I suppose if you're somebody that's given to doing a lot of tech support with your family. Mm-hmm. Pretty useful then. There you go. Or with anybody, uh, uh, mm. you know, colleagues in it because everybody is uh what the what did I hear somebody describe their companies the other day? They're a displaced they've got a displaced workforce. Oh yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. Which is which is uh, Australian for uh, everybody works at home, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so I think the snippet tool will be good. That's interesting because uh that, that kind of locks knocks Loom out of the... Right. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, Notepad, I've been using Notepad++ for years. Okay. And that does 10 tabs, no, which, is, which, new which to is you. great. Uh, the two big things that really got my attention with the Windows 11 update, mm-hmm. which is coming, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, one is a surprise. 
and one isn't. Uh, the one that isn't is Windows Studio Effects. All right. And this is kind of like, you know, Windows way of dealing what it's seeing with your webcam. And then you're able to present yourself as you want to the world. All right. Mm -hmm. So one of them is, and we're all familiar with it now, is the black background blur. Mm. All right. So you can kind of blur out that so people don't quite know that you're working from a bedroom or a living yeah, room or a kitchen yeah. or, or just a really, you know, kind of crappy office in the middle of George in Dublin that hasn't been updated in 40 years. But anyways, mm. uh, the other thing that uh, Windows Studio Effects is going to do, and this is freaky. Okay, I'm listening. Eye contact. Oh. Now, this is where you are reading something on your screen and not looking at the web camera. Yeah. But the technology on the computer will make it look as if you are looking at the web camera, oh. even though you're slightly off track and looking at a Word document oh, on your computer. Sign me up. Sign <laughs> me up. As somebody who, who hosts webinars mm -hmm. and I would have so many screens in front of me to track different things that's going mm -hmm. on, uh, to have the option of not being seen to occasionally have to look down to check mm. things. Yeah. Oh, that would be a game changer for me. Now, it basically means that you'd have to create a deep fake of yourself. I'm not sure how I feel about that. You want it? People have been doing deep fakes of themselves all through COVID, where they just got a loop <laughs> of themselves for five minutes, <laughs> nodding their head. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was it. Sure thing, boss. Uh, the other thing with Windows 11, um, Bing AI. Okay, mm. so it, it still isn't out on uh, on uh, Windows Edge, uh, the browser yet, mm. uh, unless of course you're a Windows Insider or a trial or whatever. Mm. Blah blah blah. blah. It's still got to go out in the wild fully. Uh, but they are also planning on bringing Bing AI to the Windows 11 search bar, which I oh. think is genius. Okay, because yeah, we we're expecting. Uh, I mean. It's basically ChatGPT. Yes. Uh, because Microsoft invested billions in OpenAI. Yeah. But it's ChatGPT that knows things that happened after 2021. Mm. And, know, and knows what you're doing on your desktop. <gasps> oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. Oh, dear. And is and is telling <laughs> and is sending information home. Oh dear! No, do you no. really want that? Okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> we are. I, this conversation is over. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's pluses and minuses to it, isn't it? But Lizzie, do you know? I was thinking about. Uh, we were talking about the cloud. Yeah, I, I don't know how many years ago. Maybe it was ten years ago. We were talking about the cloud, and one of the things we were kind of going, "Well, that means all of your information is being hosted yeah. by Google or Microsoft." That's what everybody does now. Yeah. So you know, ten years down the line, it's. Just just going to be, you know, you're going to talk to your computer and your computer will reply uh, yeah. in in a very natural manner. So, uh, Grant, okay, listen, that's a, that is Windows Update mm -hmm. and the charging of phones and mobile work comments. They're the mm -hmm. big stories of yeah. the week, though we still have a few other little interesting bits and pieces for you. Yeah. And in our bits and pieces, a very interesting question about time. Uh, we've got DJ AI, which I need to tell you about, <laughs> seeing as you're saying I'm upping my game. And uh, let's talk about TikTok, though. Everybody seems to be banning TikTok. Everybody is banning TikTok. Of course, TikTok is uh, owned by a Chinese company called ByteDance. Mm. Uh, it's basically a Chinese product. Um, uh, it has been under scrutiny in the States for a long, long time on mm -hmm. account of the you know trade war that is going on between the States and China. Um, so uh, the US government has, and the Canadian government actually, have come out and uh -huh. said, right, if you have an official phone, if you got one of our phones, you got 30 days to get TikTok off it. Yes. Um, 
and and that's it. This is policy. Um, so it looks like uh, Taiwan is going getting in on this action as well. Um, the EU taking it off official phones as well. Mm. So very much in the same way that we're worried about Bing sending us information, we are worried about what teenagers are sending back to China. <laughs> no, I don't think it's necessarily. I think it's what the app on the phone is able to dig yeah. into to see what else that you're up to. I think is what everybody's worried about. Well, yeah. I think, I like, yeah, you're right. Like when you were saying the American, the trade war, and it was Trump and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And everyone's kind of a bit like, ah, oh, come on, you're being a bit extreme. Mm. But now when you see like the Canadians doing it and the Australians doing it and the EU is doing it and the mm. US is doing it and Taiwan is doing it, mm. uh, you kind of go, oh, well, maybe there's something in this. Yeah, like, maybe you know? so. Um, this, yeah. I've, I have myself uh, taken the TikTok app off my phone. Right. For a very specific reason. Mm. It's shit. <laughs> That's a pretty good reason. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've seen half of the videos on that, but they're just like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite comments on it was a TikTok or, or YouTube with somebody who was saying, hey, yeah, that's just what we need. A load of low grade AI generated videos. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if you want to know about TikTok, just follow yeah. Sniper Wolf on YouTube. She puts it all together. You don't need to worry about quality control. Oh, oh no. So Sniper Wolf is just terrible, is it? No, well, I mean, she, she's she's uh, uh, her reactions are as funny as anything. So it's just this young lady that puts together stuff from TikTok so you don't have to find it. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Listen, what about uh, kids and TikTok and, and they're being banned or they're having their, their TikTok time limited? Uh, time limited. Yeah, yeah. If you're under 18, you, you've got some, you know, second tier parenting coming along. Um uh, TikTok's come along and said, you know what? If you're under 18, we're limiting you to an hour a day. And you think about that, young man or lady. You think about what you did for this to happen. All right. All, all you're creating is people who in their mid-20s will go, I had a terrible childhood. It's your fault. That's all you're creating. Uh, it's a final story. Uh, oh, no, no. Hang on. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, and I'll play you an example as well, and you'll cringe. Um, really interesting question. Okay. Really interesting question has popped up and is being discussed at the highest levels of humanity right now. Nice. And the question is, what time is it? Dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. On the moon. Okay. Now, we have a problem, right, mm -hmm. in that the Europeans, uh, the Chinese, the Americans, the Russians, all of a sudden, everybody is following Elon Musk and going to the moon. Oh, they want to, yeah, yeah. So it's an international thing. So mm -hmm. the thing is, well, they're all saying, I'm going to land on the moon at one o'clock. And that's brilliant, all right? But the problem is, is the Americans are talking about one o'clock Florida time, or Houston. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Russians are talking about one o'clock Moscow time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're all coming in at different times. So they're trying to come up with a, a, a time scheme or a, t a method of uh, calculating, measuring, uh, whatever it is, time. It's mm. essentially establishing a time system mm. for the moon. Mm. Mm. Because it's very different up there in that a day here is 24 hours yeah. as we go around. And let's say it's split 12 hours daytime, 12 hours nighttime. Mm -hmm. On the moon, a day is 27.9 Earth days, I think. Right. Every day is like February. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, they've got like whatever, it's uh, say 15 days of daylight. Mm -hmm. All right. And it's incredibly hot. Mm -hmm. And then 15 days of darkness and incredibly cold. 
Right. So it's kind of like, you know, how are they, how are you going to know who's doing what, when on the surface of the moon? They need to come up with a plan. So you need to pick up a reference point. Exactly. And go, this is where the yeah. moon starts. Yeah. And not only that, you see, but then that leads on to when they eventually get to Mars, which please God will be in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, what are they going to do with Martian time? Yeah. I mean, we're going to hear that in a news bulletin. Mm. I guarantee, right, before you and I take our dying breath, right, <laughs> we're going to hear something on the news and it's going to be at whatever, 2044 Martian yeah. time. Well, I mean, you, you might remember, well, you probably don't. Uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, mm. the length of a day on the station was 28 hours. Okay. And at the time I was like, that's such a science fiction thing. Everywhere has its different time. Yeah. It makes sense. There's a uh, there's a bit of reality and a bit of thought that went into that. Things just don't happen on that show by accident. That's true. By accident. So listen, the uh the final thing for you then is uh I did warn you that DJ AI is coming. Uh-huh. Uh and yeah. in two uh, ways. Firstly, we've got Spotify. The giant Spotify mm-hmm. is introducing an AI DJ. Now, it's only available in the States and and, uh, and Canada, so I can't Canada, play it for yeah, you. Yeah. Um, but I have heard examples of it. Oh, my God, it's awful. Uh, it's like, uh, hey, I noticed you like some 80s music, so here's another one just for you. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I watched I watch the promo video for this. Uh, and on, on one level, yeah, I was really annoyed that it's it's US and Canada premium mm. members uh, only so far. Also, the voice that they have, that they are using, isn't, it is and it isn't an AI generated voice. It's based on one of their curators. Yeah. That did Spotify, that does Spotify radio. Yeah. So in the same way that you could potentially have, you know, your news read every day by Dusty because, you know, the AI has learned your voice or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what has happened with this guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's the voice, inverted commas, of Spotify. Yeah. So um, they're just turning him in, into an AI. And I hate this idea. <laughs> <laughs> now, why do you hate it? Is that because you're just being an old man? Uh, do you know what? Part of me thinks so. But here, well, do you know what? There might be something to that because I come home in the evening and you know, my sort of preferred decades are, are long gone now and I'm, I've am i made my peace with it. Mm. And, you know, I know exactly the bands I want, exactly the bands I want to hear and pretty much the playlists that I want to hear as well. So my life is basically, I come home, I say Spotify, play X playlist, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it does and I'm happy. Uh, so now... Spotify AI means I will come home and I will say Spotify play band X. And, you know, previously band X is fine. That's all I want to hear. Variations there on actually have been really good. Um, But instead of going, here's a playlist with band X on it, which, you know, human is put together as being, this is kind of blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Same time, same tempo, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Um, Now you will be given a just a fairly soulless version of it. It is now a very soulless version, but it's what it could be and where it's going Mm -hmm. that I think is exciting. Now, how about this? Okay, so we have radio now, Mm. okay? Yeah. And then we have this AI 
radio that's coming. Okay. Mm. So which would you prefer? Okay. You come home and you turn on your smart Spotify mm. radio or whatever, like, you know, uh, and it'll, it, you, you can either define what it is that you want. Mm. All right. So you could say, okay, uh, I want an hour long program. I want you to pick music from this playlist. Mm. Give me news from RT and the BBC, mm. uh, but just the headlines, not the detailed news and give me the weather for tomorrow and just mix it all into a show between here and six o'clock. All right. And it just got, pops out then and it's giving you all the information that you want and all of the music that you want. I think that would be amazing. Bringing it back a little bit more basic. All right. So you said that they're using one of the Spotify voices at the moment, mm. which is brilliant because they have that guy in there. Mm. And essentially he's the one who's training the AI and and and, and then it can recreate speech based on, on his patterns. Mm. What if Band X, you said, all right. So what if he uh, kind of comes on after a tune and he goes, uh, hey, it's 19 minutes past six o'clock. Uh, big news today. Band X have announced a tour mm. that's going to be going to the around the world and they are making a stop in Dublin and they're going to be playing at the Three Arena on the 19th of February uh, 2025. Tickets go on sale uh, tomorrow. Uh, here is a new track from Band X on Radio Nile and then yeah. a little jingle that goes Radio Nile. Okay. <laughs> Alright, well, now you can either have that yeah. or you can have Hello and welcome to Generic Irish Radio. <laughs> Send us a text and tell us if you think you should keep ketchup in the fridge or on the shelf. Well, yeah, and you know what? I'm sure there are radio stations have asked that very question. Oh, they have. Oh, <laughs> my God. It just, I hold my head in my hands and I go, I understand why radio listening in this country has dived 15% in the last decade. So anyways, <laughs> uh, that's a, a whole other thing. The other thing that I was going to say on the radio DJ front is mm. that uh, with ChatGPT, uh, mm. somebody is now using uh, artificial uh, voiceovers who are not as good as our own Artemis. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of work went into our Artemis. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot more to come. There's a lot more to come. But anyways, um, uh, but somebody is taking that idea where they're able to pick up, say, uh, some feeds from Twitter or mm -hmm. a little bit of news from somewhere or some weather, mm -hmm. and they're able to get an AI voice to read it in between tunes. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's called Radio GPT, if you want to mm -hmm. have a look up. But here's a little sample. One of my Radio GPT features is that I know everything about every song and artist. Like this. This little girl could play the piano at six years old was writing full-fledged songs when she was nine and starred on TV at 10 years old alongside names like Matt LeBlanc and Corey Haim before becoming the first Canadian female to have a number one album in the United States. Here is Alanis Morissette. Okay, so there's a little sample. I think it's more a work of this is what's possible. Mm. You, you don't look impressed. You've um, got that. Yeah. No, I was listening to it and <laughs> there was just, there was no... There's no soul in it. There's, well, yeah, but there was no consistency either. Like I was seeing like Brian Adams, Human League, Stone mm. Temple Pilots back to back. No sense. Makes uh, no sense You're just whatsoever. talking about the playlist. Never mind the playlist and the music choice. That's irrelevant. It's it's the speechy bits in between. Yeah. Well, the speechy bits are very generic. But they if they had been, you know, if there was a central repository and somebody was was running a digital mm. station and needed a, a, a segue or something like that, fine. If that's, that's what you want. If it was, uh, I imagine it's actually a digital console and somebody has programmed in I need a segue here and the AI just pulls a segue based on maybe the last thing that has been played oh or the next thing to be played. Anyways, bottom line is you're not impressed. 
It's rubbish. Can, can, you, can you see the potential? <laughs> I can see the potential. See, I can, I as can. a radio entrepreneur, I, that's exactly okay, what well, I'm thinking. Okay, well, there you go. You know, kind you're of, looking at it and like Euro signs light up. You're ding! like, I can what? make this work. Yeah, there's a DJ who'll work for even less than what DJs get paid now. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it's great exposure. Great exposure. <laughs> Listen, there we go. That is all the news for this week. Niall Kitson, as always, thank you. Remember... You can get the latest Irish tech news with hourly updates, daily newsletters, and more at our website, techcentral.ie. For our feature interview this week, we're chatting with Mary Rose Lyons from BrightSpark, who we've known for a long time. And the reason being, she has always, always, always been at the forefront of digital transformation, and particularly in the area of marketing. So we wanted to have a chat with her and ask her about how marketers are integrating AI, including ChatGPT. And what turned out was ChatGPT is like 50% brilliant, but the other 50% brilliance of ChatGPT is the prompts that you ask it and the information that you need to get from it. Mary Rose sat down with Niall and had a really, really interesting chat about all this during the week. Mary Rose, when last we spoke, you were an expert in all things social media. Uh, you've kind of expanded your remit ever since then to have a look at AI as well. So, um, from a kind of a, a marketing perspective then, at what stage did the potential uh, become sort of obvious to you? At what point were you, did you see this thing and go, you know what, this is more than <laughs> questions and answers or context-free answers. There's actually some legitimate learnings here. Well, we've all been using AI already for quite a while. Um you know, for example, when Spotify makes you a playlist based on your previous choices, um, using a lot of Google products, you know, we've been using AI. It's It's been stealthily creeping into our lives. But to answer your question, why did I get started was literally the jaw droppingness <laughs> of ChatGPT. Um, and I was very excited because at the time I was, I, I think it launched on the 1st of December and on the 3rd of December was the last session of a training course that I was doing for hospitality staff. And we were doing the whole recap and, you know, how we got on and kind of FAQs. And then I said, hey, guys, I just want to show you this thing that's just dropped. And I demoed chat GPT. So that was my first demo to a live training audience. And people were just wowed. They were so excited. Uh, they left the course. Uh, one or two of the really good ones who, who did all their homework as they went along. Hi, Hugh, I'm talking to you and Egla. Um, they basically came back and they said that they, they wrote some web copy for their site that was perfect. Now, I would say don't just take what ChatGPT gives you. It's it's very much, it's all about the prompts that you put in. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but yeah, you know, then I went on to, I was, I was speaking at an event at the RDS at the end of January and that was a different audience. It was like a, an audience of like creators and makers. And I was asked to talk about um, using marketing to grow your business. And I was like saying, okay, well, I can't, I can't come in and talk about marketing without talking about ChatGPT and how you can use it now to do everything quickly. And there I demoed how to do website copy, uh, blog posts, keyword research. And um, we did all this for like a fictitious beauty brand. And 
I was able to show them how you can do different styles. I was saying, you know, write this blog post in a scientific style and we'll come up with something fabulous. And then I was like, write this in a best friend, sassy style and we'll change it to, hey, girlfriend, are you looking for a, a moisturizer for over 40s? Then we were doing it as ad copy. I did like four versions of ad copy, like it knew to put in hashtags and emojis. Then I translated it into Arabic. And then I got the guy who was timing me to tell me how long all of this had taken. And do you know how long that took now? Go ahead. 12 minutes. 12 wow. minutes. Wow. It's amazing. That's, that's it. Finding a brand's voice, finding an emotional connection, doing the nuts and bolts of uh, a regular blog and having it tagged. Um, it's, it's an absolutely massive undertaking. And from your perspective, I suppose it changes your job from one of teaching people to write to just teaching people to specify what they should have on a website. Exactly, 100%. So what I did was I have a course that you're familiar with. It's this digital skills training course. And I've been delivering that for, for many, many years. So what I did was I went back and I looked at it and I said, right, where where can we augment this course with ChatGPT prompts? So the way you ask ChatGPT to do something is called a prompt. And already there's an emerging field of prompt engineering. And actually, funny, funnily enough, what we were talking about the other day, there's even a marketplace for prompts. Now, believe it or not, it's called PromptBase. And this is where, um, you know, a lot of people have written prompts for, you know, getting really cool stuff done out of ChatGPT or prompts that will help you get beautiful images out of MidJourney, which is a... Uh, an AI image generator. So the image generators came along last year, 2022. Um, so yeah, so anyway, I went back and I looked at the material that I had. And as you say yourself, like I used to have a section on copywriting, which was teaching people how to adjust their writing style for the online environment. I don't really have to do that anymore. But instead, what I can do is I can show people how to construct a really good, uh, what I would call a more advanced level prompt for ChatGPT. So, for example, you know, giving it instead of just going in and saying, um, you know, I am a wellness business, give me some keywords and blogs like that's that's going to be quite generic. But if you go in and you prompt it with something like um, you are a and you tell it what identity to assume. You are a wellness business that is promoting a new brand of over 40s moisturizer, let's say, um, in the UK and Ireland. Your customers face the following pain points and you give like three pain points that the, the cream would would solve or satisfy. And then you ask it and you say in a scientific style, write a and you can tell it how many words Um you can say what it wants, you know, email, blog post, whatever. And then what, what you get when you kind of give it that kind of thing, it's just so much better. Um, I find that when you when you give a really good prompt, you then need to just take the output, read it and edit it slightly and boom, copy and paste, lash it out and you're done. You know, it's just it's just amazing. And I'm really excited because, you know, I've always been a very future focused marketer. And, um, you know, when I heard Bill Gates come out talking about there's been several evolutions in tech um, or in, in digital, and he was talking about like the first one being, and you might remember this, Niall, the advent of the home computer. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, then he talked about the graphical user interface, you know, when Max came along and we were dragging things into trash and so on, that like really allowed us to move forward. The third was the internet, the arrival of the internet. You know, we've all, we've all, uh, you know, changed our world since then. And then he was putting it down. And the fourth one was the arrival of chat GPT, you know, conversational chatbots, bringing AI into the mainstream. And it's, it's happening now. And like, we're only in the third month. Yeah. And, you know, conversational interfaces have been with us for quite a while, but I suppose it is and it was very much in that sort of Q&A stage. But even ChatGPT, as you were saying, with the marketplace for prompts, the information might be there, but learning how to ask the right question still seems quite problematic. Well, thanks for asking. Actually, I have been busy getting advanced prompts together on ChatGPT. And I've gone back to my regular digital marketing training course and I've augmented it with chat GPT prompts. So what do I mean by that? I've gone back and I've stripped out the material that people no longer have to be able to do. So, for example, learning how to copyright. Um, and I've augmented it with showing people how to use chat GPT to do it for you. So when we cover ads, for example, instead of me saying, "Okay, now you need to go and write, you know, four versions of your headline and four versions of your primary text, because we always use four versions for testing. Now I'll say, now, come on over to ChatGPT and I'm going to show you how to get it to create four versions of ad headline that are probably going to be better than what you write yourself. So the first of these courses augmented with ChatGPT is starting on the 15th of March, actually. So in just a couple of weeks, I'll be starting on Thursdays from 11 to 1, uh, two hours on a Thursday, running for five weeks. And if anyone wants to find out more information, if you just Google uh, Brightspark Chat GPT training, you'll you'll find us top of the list. And um, yeah, there's, we've, it's amazing. I've pre-sold six places on that course. I haven't actually started to launch the course yet. It's launching next week. So I know there's going to be a lot of demand for this one. And um, it's going to be exciting just showing people, giving them the keys and then letting them turn on the ignition. So I, I just can't wait to see what kind of work people produce. That seems to be one of the problems, all right, is that on one level as a marketer, you're constantly emphasizing the need for a brand to have its specific tone of voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet here it is very easy to get what you might call competent content from ChatGPT. Um, is that a challenge for you to emphasize that, look, yeah, you can get the structure together of everything you need, but your brand still has to sound unique? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. But I think where the, where the, the immediate uses I think come about are for, let's say, um, like I've done a lot of work with manufacturing firms over the years and there's a lot of businesses in manufacturing who are doing nothing in marketing and they come around to the point of view, we need to do something. And I've worked with many who kind of came into doing marketing because maybe they had an investor and the investor was saying, no, we're investing in a brand, a website and some digital marketing. And I've worked with these companies where they've gone from disbelieving to, oh, my God, this marketing thing works. You know, and they, they, they start to love you. So for businesses like that who are coming from a base of not really doing much, 
for them to actually be able to create you know really good really informative blog posts that will kind of come out on a regular basis that will serve to enhance their SEO, that they can produce uh, LinkedIn captions that can go out under their MD or one of the partners, uh, LinkedIn profiles, you know, that wasn't happening before. Um, That is going to take them from, you know, zero to, you know, 70% really quickly with very, very minimal effort. But then on the other hand, if you have businesses who are already doing marketing and they're creative and they have a tone of voice, they can set the chatbots or the AI to creating and amplifying more of what they're doing. And then they can redirect their focus to be doing a lot more of the super creative, responsive stuff. So, you know, social media has really evolved to be very much more about being in the moment and responding to trending audio, responding to trends, you know, producing uh, very short form video content that you can push out on Instagram Reels or TikTok, for example, if you're consumer facing. Um, And that has to be done by humans and it takes a fair bit of time. So the way I would see a marketing team within a B2C facing brand uh, reimagine themselves is that they can put the chatbots or they can put the AI onto working on some of the kind of more uh, words-driven material. And then they can focus the humans on creating the more visual video content and output. So you can be looking at a, a situation where you kind of have to redefine what the human element is in marketing. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think we're going to move from being, well, for starters, we're going to become a, a group of editors first. So instead of, you know, if you said to me, okay, Mary Rose, will you write down a, um, send us over some really punchy copy on how to promote this, um, you know, this, this conversation we're happening on our LinkedIn, for example. So I'd sit down with a blank sheet of paper and I'd be thinking, I'd be, you know, wordsmithing and, you know, it would probably take me, you know, the bones of an hour to kind of get some really punchy copy out and to, to make sure I'm including all of the points that you need and to et cetera, et cetera, you know, to put, push it out. Whereas now I can just go over and I can, I'll have trained my, my AI into say the tone of voice I'm looking for. And I can give it the facts, hit a button and literally in five minutes, it's less than five minutes. It's going to give me something that I can work with. And then working with something, I can go, no, no. And I can edit and scribble and so on. But I'm, I don't know about you now, but I'm a much faster editor than I am initial creator. So it's going to just mean that I can spend my time finessing something that's been started by someone else. This someone is uh, just happens to know the whole of the internet up to 2021. Um, and um, yeah, I can edit. So if you consider yourself, if you consider it, if you're listening, if you have uh, teams of people working for you or if you've got some interns in your office, it's a lot easier to edit something that they give you to get it to the finished product than sitting down yourself and creating something from scratch. So that's what I'm saying is like we move into being editors on text and then we continue to be creators on visual and video. When you're when you're putting together uh, content for uh, a client's website that is sort of, I suppose, traditional in a lot of ways and you have freed them up to do things that are slightly more creative, is that line of greater creativity 
in those stolen moments in that snapchat in that you know image posted to instagram is that where the new creativity is going to have to be if you want to establish a brand's voice or can you can you automate it as, as much as possible and and give it to that intern well, for example, the way I'd answer that, I'd be thinking of, I'd be thinking of, say, one of the manufacturing clients. OK, so, for example, you know, there's different ways that you can get a story out. OK, so as as you know very well. OK, so you can have a an interview with a happy client as a case study and it's text. Right. OK, fine. Or you can um, persuade that happy client to maybe do a piece talking to camera. And you do a piece of them talking on video and then you cut through, intersperse that with some B-roll of, you know, showing the client's manufacturing facility or whatever. You know, as well as I do, that the video is going to be watched more often and will leave a more lasting message um, on whoever watches its minds about the quality of this particular uh, case study, as opposed to reams and reams of text. So what's going to happen is that I'd always be one advocating for making the video, for example. But the difference now is that you can make the video and then literally in like three minutes, you can have subtitles, you can have a transcript of the video. If you're marketing into, for example, Scandinavian countries or Arabic countries, you can provide a transcript in their native language. You can ask the chatbot for keywords that you should be emphasizing. You can ask it to go back and put those keywords into the transcript and then you can package it all up and put it out on your website so that it's ticking the box for long, long form content for SEO. It's ticking the box for short form content like or, or more visual content, which people will want to watch. And the way I see it is that Google is going to start probably with a lot more chatbot generated or sorry, AI generated and chat GPT generated content coming on stream. They might start bubbling up some of the video content on YouTube to the top of the search engine results list. So that's why I'd always still be about be be show the human, uh, be creative, have the conversation, you know, get the many more words in in two minutes of a video than getting someone to read it. But just use the technology to to augment what you've got and to enable it to travel further. And that was Mary Rose Lyons from Bright Spark chatting with Niall Kitson. If you want to find out more, uh, she's going to be running a course on the 15th of March. To find out more about that, just Google Bright Spark Chat GPT for more information. And I'll stick the link as well in the show notes. This is Tech Radio. That's it for our Tech Radio show for this week. There are more stories online that we didn't have time to include, including social media influencers who have been told to get some standards on sponsored content. A preview of the Tech Excellence Awards, which are going to be happening on the 25th of May. And we're also asking online why companies are struggling to meet their sustainability goals. You'll find all of that at techcentral.ie. We're back again next Friday on RTE Radio 1 Extra. And of course, you can get new shows automatically by clicking follow on your podcast player as well. Until then, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, and from Niall Kitson, thanks for listening. Take care. Tech Radio is produced by dustpod.io. From me, Artemis, goodbye. Goodbye.